Welcome to Ride Over Stride, Episode 12. Welcome to Ride Every Stride with Van Hargis. This is a podcast about horsemanship and more. Our goal is to educate, motivate, inspire, and entertain you through an exploration of everything horsemanship and the intersection of horsemanship and humanship. My name is Laura McClellan, and I'm your co-host on Ride Every Stride, and I'm here today with Master Horseman Van Hargis, and we're going to be talking about getting your horse into the proper lead. That's right, Miss Laura. You know, Laura, that, that's a question that comes up a lot to me. It's like they have horses that are difficulty picking up their leads, and then they'll ask, well, how do you know if he's in the right lead, and how do you know if he's in the incorrect lead? And and, um, and, and I guess just because I grew up riding horses and I had a stepfather who was a part-time horse trainer, I was always around it. So I learned at a really, really young age. Uh, I started uh, judging 4-H shows before I was actually even old enough to judge a 4-H show. So I kind of knew what leads were very, very early. So sometimes I have a hard time grasping somebody's lack of understanding of them. But the more I've watched people, I can see how it could be somewhat confusing. So... First of all, let's let's talk a little bit about what a lead is. Thank you. Know? you. That was that was the um, question for the listener who's not sure what this term means in right. this context. Well, it's, it's kind of funny, and I because you know we, I ask people all the time, you know, if, if they even know what the footfall is of a, of a horse. In other words, let's say when a horse is walking, what does that feel like, and what does it sound like when we're riding a horse? And, and surely somebody out there has ridden a horse on some sort of hard surface, whether it be a pavement or a a dirt road, and they've listened to what we call the footfall. How does that sound and how does it feel when a horse is walking? And to, to tell you what the footfall is, it's left, left, right, right, starting with the left hind leg, followed by the left front leg, followed by the right hind leg, followed by the right front leg. So it's left, left, right, right. And if you can think about when you hear that horse walking on pavement, it's clippity, 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 clip, clippity, 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 clip. You just kind of hear that that all four feet touching the ground and it's almost like dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun. Now that sounds kind of silly, but that's exactly kind of the way it sounds. And that's obviously counting out all four feet. Well, that's a walk. And without getting into the big mechanics of it, you'll have to come to the clinics for that. But getting into the big mechanics for that is, is that there's ways that we can feel and learn to watch how horse moves as well as understand exactly where those horses feet are by feeling of certain parts of the horse's body whenever we're riding. But let's just skip up a little bit. So the, uh, the walk is a four-beat gait. In other words, it's got that four-count footfall. And again, it's left, left, right, right. Left, left, right, right. We're going to graduate now to a trot. A trot is a two-beat gait, meaning that the left hind leg works in conjunction with the right front leg. It's what we call also call a diagonal gait. When the left hind leg goes forward the right front leg goes forward. When the right hind leg goes forward, the left hind leg goes forward. And both of those legs touch the ground and leave the ground at the exact same times. Okay, so again, we call it a diagonal gait. Now, it's important for us to understand then that the walk is a four-beat gait. I'm going to ask you a really simple question, Miss Laura. How many feet does a horse have? That's a trick question, right? <laughs> four feet. Four feet. It's got four feet. And a trot is a two-beat gait. And we just said that the left hind works in conjunction with the right front. 
So those two are touching and leaving the ground at the exact same time. And then the opposite takes place for the right hind and the left front. So that's a two beat gait. Well, if the horse has four feet, it makes sense then that the, that the walk being a four beat gait, um, that each foot's touching the ground at this, at the different time at the trot being a two beat gait, that four is divisible by two. It's very easy to see that the horse could do that diagonal gait we just talked about. So there's basically at the trot, two feet on the ground and two in the air at any exactly. time. Exactly. At, any, at any given time. And those are opposite angles. Okay. Now, here's the tricky part for some people. A canter is a three-beat gait. Uh-oh. Three, and yet he's got four feet. What the hell happened? <laughs> we lost a foot somewhere, right? Oh, no. So what it really tells us, though, is, is that, okay, somewhere along the line, the horse has got two feet hitting the ground at the same time. The other two feet are hitting the ground at different times. Now, the only way that can happen is, is that the horse has to be canted for that to happen. In other words, he can't be straight. If he was straight, he'd be, be divisible by two or be divisible by four because of four feet or two feet. But there's three. So the only way that can happen is for the horse to be angled or beveled or canted. If he's angled, beveled, or canted, hence the root word can't, hence the, the term canter when a horse is loping. So first of all, we have to understand that in order for this horse to be cantering and cantering properly, his body has to be canted. So there's our first hint. It sounds very confusing at this stage, but there's our first hint as to what's going to take place in order to get the horse to pick up the proper lead. All right. If the horse is going to be picking up the left lead, then we want his body canted ever so slightly to the left. And when we say his body canted, we want his hips to be just a little bit to the left. So even though he's loping a perfectly straight line, if you were standing behind the horse, watching the horse lope a straight line away from you, you'll notice that it kind of looks like he's kind of two-tracking just a little bit. His shoulders are kind of in line where he wants to go. His hips are kind of going the same direction, but they're just to the left, if you will, of where his shoulders are lined up. So if we know that about the horse as he's loping away from us and he's canted, then that helps us understand then that in order for this horse to pick up the proper lead, we need to have his hips canted to the proper direction. Which direction is that? If we want a horse to be on the left lead, we want his hips canted to the left. So... Those are big hints for us. Those are big cues for us, for us to understand that. Now, let's simplify it for us. Okay, that's just the way the horse travels. The question is, how do we help the horse determine to be in the left lead? Well, let me stop you for a minute, though, to get back to the question that we started with is, what do we mean by lead? Mm -hmm. So when you say, how do we get the horse set up so that it knows it's to be in the left lead what does it mean to be in the left lead? He's kind of leading, if you will, with his left. At least that's the illusion that kind of creates the illusion. If you were, we mentioned as we watch the horse lope away from us, that if his hips are canted to the left, then he's kind of leading a little bit with his left. That's the illusion. So is it his left hind leg is going to be go a little farther forward than it, his right it hind kind of, leg? It kind of looks like such. And okay. then now let's change our position to be to the side of the horse when the horse is loping by us. Now there's the illusion that he's leading, if you will, with his left front leg. Okay. So if you just divided the horse in half and looked at his two front legs, it would almost look like his left front leg is reaching a little bit further than okay. his right front leg. And then if you divided the horse in half again, but now concentrate on his hind end, it would almost look like his left hind leg is slightly ahead of his right hind leg. So it just kind of looks that way. Okay. 
the reality is, and again, I don't want to get too technical about it, but the reality is when the horse departs from, say, a trot or a walk or a standstill into the left lead, he actually leads or pushes off, if you will, with his right hind leg first. Hmm. I don't want to get too much into depth. No, but I just because... I wanted to make sure we all understood the terminology, and probably most of your listeners do know, but in case there's somebody that's listening yes. that is new to the world of horsemanship, you're in the right place, but it, it's helpful to make sure that they're speaking the language and they understand where that term came from. Absolutely. And so then going on to how do we get the horse, let the horse know we want it to be in the left lead. Right. So if we did want the horse to be in the left lead, then if we already know that when he is in the left lead, his hips are going to be canted to the left, then to me it makes sense then before we ask him to be in the left lead to cant his hips to the left. So we need to keep the horse's body straight but move his hips to the left. Why? Because that's the position he's going to be in once he is loping. So if we can put him in there before he's loping or before he's cantering, we significantly increase the odds that he's going to pick up the left lead because he's already in the left lead position. So now let's think about, okay, well, how do we do that? We want to use our hands, if you will, to hold the horse on track. So in other words, if we're loping in a straight line, we want to have our hands positioned in such a way that we can keep the horse guiding exactly toward that spot in the arena or that spot in the pasture, wherever we're riding, is if he's just traveling a straight line. So from wherever we are now to that spot ahead of us, we want that to be perfectly straight. And then to keep his shoulders there, we want to, again, make sure our hands are positioned in such a way that we're guiding this horse to go in a perfectly straight line. Oftentimes, we want to even have our left leg slightly toward, say, the front cinch, just a fraction. And the reason that we want that is because, again, it helps stabilize the front half of the horse's rib cage. So if we know now that our hands are guiding the front and controlling the front, then we also need to realize that our legs are going to help guide the rear and control the rear. So if I wanted the horse's hips to move from right to left, in other words, have the horse's body angled just ever so slightly to the left, then what would I need to do with my right leg? I'd need to use my right leg more toward the rear cinch as if I'm pushing the horse's hips from right to left. Okay. Always think in terms that we always want our horses to move away from pressure. So I'd want my left leg kind of forward and kind of out of the way, so to speak. I'd want my right leg back and toward where the rear cinch would be if you're riding in a Western saddle, just enough to tell the horse to move his hips to the left. Mm. Now, I would do that long before I ever asked the horse to do a lead departure. In other words, go from a standstill walk or a trot into a a lead. But here's the thing. I want to break it down even more so than that. In other words, at a standstill, sometimes even before I ever get on the horse, I want to be able to, to make sure the horse understands the cue to move away from pressure and understands the cue more specifically to move his hips away from pressure. So sometimes while on the ground, and let's again, let's just concentrate on the left lead, but while on the ground, I may step over to the right side of the horse's body and I might ask the horse to move away from some sort of physical pressure I might be applying to him over there. I could be using my hand. I could be using a lead rope. I could be using a, you know, some sort of stick in hand, whatever it would take just to be able to apply a little bit of pressure to the horse's right side of his uh, body, more toward the rear, just to get his hips just to move a little bit toward the left. The very moment the horse even leans away from that pressure or completely steps away from that pressure, I want to take the pressure away from him. 
So in other words, all I'm trying to do is train the horse that whenever I put pressure on the right, I need him to move his hips to the left. Okay. Once I make sure that that's understood for the horse on the ground, now I'm going to do the same thing in the saddle. I'll dismount up, sit on him. I'll put my left leg slightly forward, my right leg slightly toward the rear. And I might pry a little bit of calf or leg or heel pressure to try to get the hips to move. The very moment that the hips move to the left, I want to take the pressure away. I want to do this so much that as soon as this horse feels that right leg pressure, he moves his hips to the left. I don't want to have to poke him, jab him, or do anything like that. I just want him to learn to respond very softly, very supply to just the slightest cue. When that right leg applies pressure, I want his hips to very willingly move to the left. Once he does that, we'll graduate a little bit more. The next graduation would be I might walk him and then stop him, move his hips to the left. Let him stand there for a moment to absorb what he just did. Walk him out again. Let him walk straight. Stop him. Move his hips to the left. Let him absorb that for a moment. Walk him. Stop him. Move his hips to the left. You kind of understand where I'm going with that. In other words, I want to get it to the point to where... Every time that right leg comes on, the horse is very willing to move his hips to the left. The next thing I might do is I might squeeze the horse off into a trot. We'll trot several strides. I'll slow him down to a walk, then stop him, then move his hips to the left. I might even stop him from a trot and then move his hips to the left. In other words, I just want to make sure the horse understands it at every gait. From a trot, move his hips to the left. From a walk, move his hips to the left. The next phase I might do is I might go back to the walk, and while he's walking, rather than stopping him and moving his hips to the left, now I might actually get the horse to two-track. I'm going to practice keeping my horse's head and shoulders perfectly straight, and then I'm going to ask the horse to move his hips into the left just ever so slightly while he's walking. If you were standing behind the horse watching him walk away from you when he does this, you should see the horse at this point in time be two-tracking, meaning that he's making one tracks with his front feet, He's making another set of tracks to the left with his hind feet. And I might only ask this horse to do that, just one or two strides and let him get straight. Take the leg pressure off and allow him to be straight. And then when he does, I'll stop him and let him relax. Then I'll walk him off again, put the right leg on, ask him to two track, just a couple of strides and take it off and let him walk and relax or let him him stop and relax. So in other words, Again, all I'm working on is this horse to very willingly move his hips away from that leg pressure. I always start off at a standstill, graduate to a walk, and then graduate to a trot. Once I'm in a trot, I'll do the exact same thing we did at a walk. I'll be trotting him nice and quiet, maintain his head and shoulders on a perfectly straight line, and then get the horse to trot, but two-tracking with his hips slightly to the left. I want it to become so automatic for the horse that whenever I'm holding his head head and shoulders straight with my hands and I put that right leg on, I just want the horse to yield those hips for me ever so slightly and be willing to move to yield those hips in ever so slightly just so he understands that. And I want it so automatic. I don't want to have to fight with him with it, over it. I don't want to have to poke him too much to make it happen. I just want to set him up to do that. And I want the horse to understand it and then be willing to do it for me every time we ask. Now, Laura, let's say that we're now in a position that we're ready to ask the horse for the lead departure. In other words, going from a standstill walk or a trot directly into the canter. I want to make it very easy for the horse. So I want to use momentum to my advantage. So what I might do is get my horse to go ahead and trot, ask him a few times to move his hips in, relax, move his hips in, relax, move his hips in, relax. Now I'm going to ask him to move his hips in 
and I want to increase my rhythm in the saddle and ask for the canter. Again, there's no guarantees, but if I get the hips to move in away from the rail, and the minute I get those hips to move in, I'm asking for the canter. I've done everything I know to do at this point in time to help my horse successfully pick up the left lead. Why? Because we've already got his body in that canted position. Okay? Once the horse understands that, and once he understands that go-forward cue even better to go in, into the canter, now comes the tough part for us humans. Most people will release, the minute the horse is loping, they'll release their right leg and not know yet if the horse is in the proper lead. And then even worse, to see if they're in the proper lead, they're going to lean forward and take a <laughs> peek over the horse's left shoulder. Well, isn't that how you do it? <laughs> Most people would think so, right? But the problem is, is that we call it picking up the left lead for a reason, is we want the horse to be able to elevate his shoulder and pick himself up, drive himself forward with his hind end. Now, in order for the horse to do that, again, we've got to think, what, what is our role? Our role is to make it as easy as possible for this horse to pick up his left shoulder. Make it as easy as possible for this horse to move his hips to the inside, to the left. So if that's the case, we've got to think about where would we want to apply the pressure and where would we want to look? Well, the last place we'd want to look is over his left shoulder, because if we looked over the left shoulder, we're applying more pressure, more body weight, if you will, over the point of his left shoulder. So what we want to do instead is we want to, as we're applying that leg cue, we want to sit back on our right hip and not look over. We just want to sit back on our right hip, apply that leg cue with the right leg, and then squeeze the horse into the canter. Now, but if we do that, how are we going to know if the horse is in the left lead or not? Yeah, I don't, if you can't look. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't look, how can you tell? Well, what do we know about the canter? The, what we know about the canter, and specifically in the left lead in the canter, is that the horse's body is going to be canted to the left. In other words, he's going to be going down the arena straight, but his hips are going to be just slightly to the inside to the left. Mm -hmm. What that means to us as riders, while we're riding that canter, our left leg is going to be slightly ahead of our right leg. So without looking down, just feel your body. If your left foot feels like it's ahead of your right foot and your left hip feels like it's slightly ahead of your right hip, then, and even at this point, even if your left shoulder feels like it's slightly ahead of your right shoulder, then I'm probably going to assume that you're in the left lead. Okay. If it feels odd, if it feels awkward to you, in other words, if it feels like you're going to the left, but it feels like your right leg is forward, or it feels like the horse is kind of twisting as he's loping, then there's probably a 90% chance that he's not in the correct lead, that he's loping in the incorrect lead. But the thing is, we've got to, we've got to feel that, but we've also got to understand that we're also training the horse. Not only are we learning to recognize it ourselves, but we're training the horse. If we're training the horse, and you've heard me say it before, but how do horses learn? From the release of pressure. So how did the horse know to pick up the left lead? We had our right leg back there applying pressure to move his hips from right to left. So we're getting to move away from our right leg pressure to move his hips to the left. The thing is, if we take our right leg off too early before we're very confident that he's in the left lead, then we may not necessarily be in the, in the proper lead. And if the horse starts off in the incorrect lead and we take our leg cue off, what's the horse going to learn? Doesn't really matter. Left lead, right lead, I'll just pick. But if he picks the incorrectly and our left our right leg comes off at that point in time, then what we've inadvertently taught the horse is that that cue really meant nothing. He could mm -hmm. ignore that. 
So even though 99.9% of the time I tell people that the very moment the horse does what you ask him to do to release that pressure from him, take the pressure away, if there's ever a time that you're going to be late in releasing that cue, now's the time when you're getting the horse to be in the canter. In other words, make sure that he's in the correct lead before you release your leg cue. Because if you don't, he could very easily pick up mixed signals. You could actually inadvertently teach the horse to ignore that signal altogether. So all that time we spend at a standstill, all the time we spend at a walk, and all that time we spend at a trot would all be futile time spent if we didn't teach the horse to continue to respond to that leg cue and be very uh, responsive to it as opposed to learning to ignore it. But it seems like, you know, what you're describing for how we know it's going to be a very subtle thing. I mean, it seems subtle, but at the same time, if we just feel our body and and whenever I'm doing this presentation and at clinics, I'll get everybody to get off their horses for a moment and get on the ground and stand with their feet perfectly straight. In other words, just perfectly parallel with each other and one, you know, just even on the ground. And then I want them to, to move their left leg slightly ahead of their right. And I'll ask them, what lead are you in? And most everybody will get, oh, I'm in the left lead. How do you know? Well, my left leg's slightly ahead of my right leg. My left leg is leading my right leg. There you go. So then I get them to put their feet even again. And I'll say, now put your right foot slightly ahead of your left foot. What lead are you in? And they'll get it right every time. And why? Because we can, without even looking down, you can just feel that your body's canted ever so slightly in that direction. That's very important for us to know and be able to feel that at a standstill and then be able to feel that when we're in the saddle. It's just that I don't think too many people have ever been trained to feel that. We were so visually oriented so many times with, with the way that we learn that we sometimes learn to ignore what our body's communicating to us and we only believe what our eyes are telling us. In this case, I don't want you to look. I promise you, your horse is down beneath you, so you don't have to look for him. Didn't he's, leave. He's there. <laughs> you'd know if it was if, yeah. if he was gone. Yeah, you'd know if he, <laughs> he was gone. He didn't get raptured or something. <laughs> exactly. We would know if he's there. So if he's there, then we don't really need to look to see if he's there, nor do we really need to look to see what lead he's in. We need to feel that because if we look, we're handicapping our horse. And every good horseman out there that I know does everything in our power not to handicap our horse, but to help our horses. So we want to help them be able to pick and determine the proper lead. We want to be able to set them up through stages, very simple steps and stages to do that. And then just have very confidence in ourselves and in our horses that they're going to pick up the proper lead and recognize that from the way it feels for us. And the moment that we feel he's in the correct lead, now take that right leg cue off. Okay. So it's just a matter of knowing how to place our body, knowing how to set the horse up to be successful by doing these little bitty simple steps to kind of guide them along the way of success. And then finally being able to have faith in that plan. And then when we are convinced that it's correct, reward the horse for giving us the good effort. And so what do you do if it's clear that the horse is not in the correct lead. Do you stop and start over or what, what's the response then if you've done all these steps and the horse has, has picked up the wrong lead well, or the one you didn't want? Right. Oftentimes that is the case on more experienced horses. And the reason why is that horses are just like people. We have dominant sides, you know, left or right handed. You know, I'm one of those freaks in nature that 
I uh, eat right and shoot a gun with my left hand. I do everything else right-handed. So it's actually very easy for me to train myself to be ambidextrous. But some people are, my, my grandmother, for example, she's very dominant right hand. You could almost cut her left hand off. She wouldn't know it was missing. She does so much with her right hand that she's very, very dominant there. And some horses are the exact same way. They've either learned to be very dominant one side or the other, or they've just simply never been trained to be a little bit more ambidextrous and a little bit more to the left. So if we do decide that a horse is more experienced and kind of set in his ways, I hate to use that term because every horse can learn, learn something, but sometimes it's more difficult for them to learn, which just simply means we have to be more deliberate in our cues and we have to break those, that system down to its absolute ridiculous. In other words, make it so easy and so simple for the horse to pick it up and maybe even exaggerate the hips to move in even further than what we normally would. But to get to your question, let's say that we do all those things and we exaggerate those things and the horse still picks up the incorrect lead. Well, first of all, to folks who are a little bit more advanced, I want them to even feel when the horse is about to pick up the incorrect lead because there's really only one way they can do it. They've got to move their hips all the way back to the other side. So we should be able to feel that as we're asking for this horse to do the canter departure, we should be able to feel that he's trying to move his body back straight or even be able to can his body to the other side. So we should be able to feel that. If we keep those hips to the inside, it's going to be very, very difficult for this horse to pick up the incorrect lead. But if he does, the question is, what do we do about that? Well, a lot of times it depends on the horse. Um, I, I wish I could give an absolute answer, but, you know, Tom Dorrance taught me a long time ago that the only absolute is that there are no absolutes. And it, it really depends, in my case, what, what the horse is doing, maybe even how the horse feels on that particular day as to how I might solve that problem. Some might tell you that I'll shut him down immediately, back him up a couple of steps and start all over. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but at the same time, that's implying that the horse made a purposeful mistake. So I don't want to necessarily reprimand him for making that mistake. Now, remember another thing that we use a lot? It's called making the right thing easy and the wrong thing difficult. Sometimes I use this analogy that if I wanted somebody to dig a ditch for me, I'm going to pick somebody that's pretty willing to satisfy and to please. And I want to try to make this ditch digging thing really easy for them. So, you know what? I only need the ditch dug right here in this nice sandy soil, very soft soil. It only needs to be as, uh, as wide as a shovel is wide and maybe as deep as a shovel is deep. And just dig that ditch just a little bit at a time until you get down to where I want you. Now, maybe let's make that ditch no more than about 10 feet long. And most people, given the right kind of spade, the right kind of shovel, be happy to do that. But what if I didn't give them a spade-type shovel? What if I gave them one of those shovels that's squared on the bottom? They're still willing to help me out. They're still willing to dig the ditch. But it's a little bit harder with that one than it is with the spade-type shovel. But what if I recognize the fact that this guy's really working hard for me, he's trying to please me, and now I recognize the fact that, oops, I gave him the wrong shovel. And I simply went and took that shovel away from him and gave him the one that's a little bit more spade-shaped, a little bit sharper, cuts into the dirt just a little bit better. Wouldn't he still be working, though? Mm -hmm. But he's working with a better tool. So if I ask a horse to canter and he picks up the incorrect lead, sometimes I'm still going to have him work, but I'm going to let him figure out that working with the wrong tool is pretty hard to do. I'll keep him loping, but I'm not loping in circles to the left now. So he's in the right lead, but he's loping to the left. I need him in the left lead. So it, being in the incorrect lead, he can still go to the left, 
but it's hard work for him. He's digging a ditch, if you will, with that flat bottom shovel. So now after he's done that for a while, I've going to let him do it enough to where he realized, man, this is hard work. I'll even let a horse even almost ask me if they can slow down and break gait. But instead, I'm going to keep them loping just a little bit more. And then I'm going to stop them, move their hips in, let them rest. Stop them, move their hips in, let them rest. Every time I move the horse's hips in, I'm going to let him soak that in for a moment. Then I'm going to trot him, move his hips in, let him rest. Trot him, then move his hips in, let him rest. And then eventually I'm going to trot him, move his hips in, and ask him to canter. If he gets the incorrect lead, no big deal. We just keep him loping. But keep in mind, I don't want to take my right leg off. Because mm. if I take my right leg off, he's going to think he's correct. He's going to think I just bumped my head, making him go to the left, even though the right leg is off of him. So what we'll do instead, we're going to keep that right leg on. And now we're going to keep loping in the incorrect lead. We'll lope him around again. And again, now he's digging a ditch with a very dull shovel. Over time, he's going to think, that this loping thing in the incorrect lead is a really bad idea. I'm going to keep reinforcing my cues to keep asking the horse to move his hips into the left, keep moving your hips into the left, and keep asking and keep asking. And eventually the horse is going to try something new. If I do everything that I know to do correctly, and eventually this horse tries a new answer, which there's only two answers to choose from, either right lead or left lead, and he finally picks up the left lead, he's still digging a ditch, but now he's digging a ditch with a sharp shovel. Hmm. Now he's digging a ditch and he says, wow, that was easy. The minute that I recognize that he's in the correct lead, now the right leg comes off. When the right leg comes off and the horse is doing his job and he's doing his job easier than he was prior to that, then over time he's going to recognize the fact that, oh, doesn't mean I get out of work. It just means that the work is easier. And that's my goal as a trainer is to always give them, give the horses the right tools to do their job for me correctly and as easily as possible. I have to recognize the fact that either way is working, but sometimes working easier is better than working harder. So that's my job as a trainer is to number one, recognize it and then be able to correct it in such a way that the horse recognizes that doing the right thing is easier and the wrong thing is difficult. All right. Well, there's a lot of stuff for folks to work on uh, in terms of getting the horse in the right lead, dealing with it when they don't, those sorts of things. I think we're running out of time. So listeners may have questions. We know, as always, they can send those questions. We'd love to hear them to us in various different ways. You can email questions and suggestions, comments, ideas for upcoming episodes to info at vanhargis.com. You can also just go to the website, vanhargis.com. There's a contact page there, and you can uh, submit your question that way. While you're there, you can also take a look at Van's calendar, see where he's going to be in the coming months, and see if there's uh, an event somewhere near you where you could see him in person. And you can also visit Van Hargis Horsemanship on Facebook. So we love to interact with listeners and and folks there. Just look for Van Hargis Horsemanship on Facebook, like the page, and keep an eye on it because we make announcements there about products that are going to be available for sale, upcoming events, all sorts of things like that. One last favor, we, we'd always like to ask of you, if you enjoy the podcast, you think other people might like it, it would be a huge help to us if you could take a minute to 
go to iTunes and or Stitcher, depending on where you listen to the show, and leave a rating and a review there, a few sentences letting folks know what you think of Ride Every Stride. You can find the place to subscribe or to rate and review simply by going to vanhargis.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher, and we would appreciate that very, very much. I think that said, is there anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? Well, Laura, you just mentioned, um, you know, to keep track of where we're going to be as far as clinics and expos and other appearances. But I'd also like to encourage people that if they would like for me to come to their area and do a clinic, I would love to do so. So um, just please go to info at vanhargis.com, request a how-to packet, how to host a Van Hargis Horsemanship Clinic. And I would absolutely love to come to your area. That's the most important thing for folks to realize is that we're always looking for places to engage people and to involve more people in our clinic. So anybody out there that'd be willing to host or be interested in having us come to your area, please contact us and invite us and we'll figure out a way to make that happen for you. And, uh, and with that, I'd also like to say thank you again to all those that are listening to us. And remember, until next time, it's your trail, your journey, your life. So ride every stride.